So, welcome. This gathering today is a celebration. If you are visiting today, or maybe if you're watching online, then this is a slightly different gathering than what things would usually look like here. Because you may be wondering why at the front there looks like maybe a jacuzzi that you would find in a budget Scandinavian Airbnb. Or if we were in a maternity ward, this wouldn't look out of place as a birthing pool. But as we are in a church, this is in fact a baptism tub. And so for those of you getting baptized this morning, uh, and for anyone of us here, if you've, if you've seen any video reels, if you watch uh, YouTube, or, or maybe if you scroll on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, you'll have seen all of the health benefits trending of getting into freezing cold water. So hopefully you're up for that this morning. No, I can confirm that the water is in fact very warm, and so I just want to honor the team uh, for setting this up in the week and making sure that it is lovely and warm for you. So in a few moments, we're going to baptize five people here today. Yes. Hallelujah. And for some of us, we're really familiar with baptism, and we understand what's happening here. But for others of us, this might seem like some kind of strange Christian ritual, all of these guys getting into a bath fully clothed, and all of us watching. Well, I'm Anthony. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastline. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes to explain what this is about and what we're doing here today. So... Just like if you go to a sports game and you wear your team's colors, or maybe you have a tattoo, maybe you've uh, ever given someone a rose, or if you're wearing a wedding ring today, all of these are symbols of something deeper which point to a reality beyond ourselves. Now, we're all familiar with a wedding ceremony, which is full of symbolism. And in the same way, we're all witnesses here today to a public and symbolic act of commitment being made. See, baptism is a symbol which points to the historic death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, who came to reveal God to us, to restore a relationship with him. And he stands at the door of every human heart, knocking with an invitation to open it to forgiveness and salvation from what separates us from God and the fulfillment of a life that we're all searching for. Now, from church to church, people baptize in different ways. And many of us will have been to infant baptisms, which are called christenings, where we see babies get sprinkled with water on their foreheads. And like many of us, maybe, I was baptized in this way as a child. And that was a lovely decision that my parents made for me, but it wasn't a decision that I made for myself. See, these guys today are symbolically making this public profession of faith, letting everyone know of a decision that they've made to enter into a reality beyond themselves of a relationship with God because they've accepted the gospel of Jesus. The gospel simply means good news. 
And this is a free gift of salvation, open to all. Now here at the vineyard, when we baptize people, we don't sprinkle water on people's foreheads. We baptize by full immersion, lowering people completely underwater and then bringing them back up again. And there are three reasons why we do this. Firstly, it's because this is the biblical model. All of the baptisms that we read about in the New Testament, including Jesus' own baptism, are by full immersion. So it seems good to us to follow this model and to follow the example of Jesus. Secondly, we get baptized to obey the command of Jesus, which he issues to every one of us who would call ourselves believers that we're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. And thirdly, we do it this way because it's a profoundly symbolic external declaration of an internal transformation. So baptism is to publicly declare your faith in Jesus, just like many who believed and were baptized, which we read of in the New Testament. I took my wife to New York to propose to her. Yeah, because when we met, she told me that this was her favorite place. So after a lot of secretive planning and hard work to keep it a complete surprise, by taking her she knew that I loved her. And she still knows because I'm still recovering financially from it. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) This is terrible that I've put these two things back to back, but when... (laughs) I can't believe I've done this. When her dad sadly died last year... We inherited two dogs. Now, I've never grown up with dogs, uh, so experiencing just the, the way they seem to just, if I'm honest, restrict your life and the smell of them, and they're never bathed, and they're constantly taking up space on the sofa, and the food is awful, and there's times where I'm getting up at the crack of dawn to walk them in the wind and the rain to give my wife a break. And when she does these things, she knows that I love her. Because when we love someone, we want to do things to show them our love. And in the same way, the greatest gift that we can give back to Jesus for all that he's done is give him our obedience as an act of love. So baptism is an act of love. And it's symbolic in four ways. And at Coastline... We keep it simple by all of these starting with the letter B. So firstly, baptism illustrates the burial of our old way of life. In Romans 6, it says, do you know? Sorry, don't you know? You might know, you might not. All of us were baptized into Christ Jesus. And in this way, we were baptized into his death. So we're therefore, in baptism, 
buried with Jesus symbolically into his death. And this water symbolizes a watery grave. And so when our friends are lowered here today into the water, it symbolizes that their old way of life is dead. Many of us will know the great hymn, Amazing Grace, and you'll be familiar with the line, I once was lost. We are all gone astray in the things that separate us from a relationship with God, which we call our sin. And when we enter into a new relationship and new life with God, we need to first choose to die to our old way of life. Secondly, baptism illustrates your new birth as a follower of Jesus. If going down into the water symbolizes burial and death, then coming out of the water symbolizes a kind of rebirth and a new life. We join in Jesus' resurrection and we're raised to new life with him. Our old life apart from God dying and a new life in Jesus beginning. And this is a life that these guys who are going to get baptized today are a beginning which is rooted in love and forgiveness and joy, free from the power of all of that stuff that all of us have done which separates us from God. Paul, writing in 2 Corinthians, puts it like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. When we decide to follow Jesus, we are reborn. Or you may have heard the term born again. Obviously, we can't be reborn physically. So this is all about spiritual rebirth. See, in becoming a follower of Jesus, we're made completely new. As the Bible says, we're a new creation with a new life, a new hope, and a new purpose changed forever. I once was lost but now I'm found. Thirdly, baptism illustrates your spiritual bath in Jesus. I used to do mountain biking as a sport, and I would enter competitions and events, and there's almost nothing really like mountain biking, unless you've done something like Tough Mudder, which will absolutely cover you in mud head to toe. But there's also nothing like afterwards getting into a baking hot bath or shower and scrubbing yourself clean. And a really good bath or shower doesn't just clean us on the outside. I don't know about you, but we actually feel really refreshed and revived, don't we, on the inside. Remember, baptism is an outward symbol of an inward reality. These guys will be immersed In this water here, which cleans them on the outside, but the water is also a symbol of being cleaned on the inside too. The water is symbolic of purification from our sin and of cleansing and of forgiveness. The Bible explains life this way, that we're made in God's image. We were made to be in relationship with God. But we've all messed up and we've gone our own way because God loves us so much that he gives us this gift of freedom so that by choosing to love him, it's actually what love is. 
But having gone our own way, our sin, the ways that we rebel against God and choose to live our own lives in our own desires has separated us, has blocked us from knowing God. But the gospel is that God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that we might have right relationship with God again. When we choose Jesus' life to become our own, our offenses against a just and loving and holy God are buried in the grave with Jesus, forgiven by God, washed totally away. And so if, if that is something that is new to you, if you've just heard that for the first time and there's, there's something stirring in you where you're like, I can't really explain this feeling inside, but I, I want to I understand more about this. I want to process this. Then we have a care team at the back who would love to chat with you and uh, would love to talk some of that through with you uh, this morning and maybe even give you an opportunity to be baptized spontaneously this morning. Wouldn't that be amazing? When we're immersed in nature, we experience heaven and earth coming together. The natural world, saturated by beauty, nourishes the human soul. This is why we vacation to lovely places, or, or maybe you have a garden, or maybe some house plants. And in the same way, when our friends here this morning are immersed in this water, it's a picture of being immersed in God's presence, which is how we're designed to live, natural and spiritual the spiritual part of us is dead until it's brought from darkness into light and we're reborn in the ways that we've heard. And being surrounded by water also illustrates the final point, which is our unity with all believers in Jesus. So when these guys get baptized, we recognize that they're now part of the global church united in their shared belief with two other billion Christians around the world. And of course, this demonstrates that they are part of this coastline vineyard church, part of this family. Baptism is a way of acknowledging our friends, embracing them, and adopting them into the church family. In the New Testament, this ceremony is illustrated like this. People would come and get baptized, usually in a river, and they would enter the river one side, and then they would leave the river the other, where they'd be embraced by family and friends. And in this case, today, they come into the baptism tub one way, and they leave the other side to be greeted with towels and prayers and singing and hugs. And so that's what's happening today. That's what we're going to watch, and that's why we do things the way that we do. So we're now going to hear from these wonderful people, hear some of their story, how they came to follow Jesus, and what he's done in their lives. But if you want to respond to any of that this morning, this gospel message of Jesus, then you're very welcome to head to the back and uh, meet with one of the care team. And Sarah's going to say a bit more about that now. Your story with Jesus is powerful and significant. When the Apostle Paul was put on trial and he had to defend himself and defend the gospel, instead of giving theology, instead of arguing with logic, he gave his testimony. Testimony is the power of Jesus. It's what he's done for us and what he does for us, he can do for you. 
So that's why we share our testimonies, and that's why we've invited them to do this. But this is what I want to say, what I want to remind you of, is that every one of these guys that's going to come up and share, this is a big deal. They're being really brave, and they're choosing to be vulnerable with us. So every single one of them that comes up, we're going to honor them with our attention. We're going to support them and give them a round of applause as they come up. And and as they go back down, we're going to show them the love of God and what this family feels towards them, right? Yeah. And then we're also not going to share their story. Because their story is theirs to share. And so it's not for us to repeat. It's for us to to honor and celebrate, but it's theirs to share, okay? So let's get started. We're going to start with Anthony. Come on up. Let's give him a round of applause. A mic would be helpful. (laughs) It's my fault. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Thank you for taking time to listen. I apologize if I start to stutter or speak really fast, like a broken tape recorder. So um, I grew up with parents who claimed to be Christians, but I don't recall much gospel doctrine as I was being brought up. Uh, If anything, emotional connections were a struggle for me at home and at school. Uh, I did deal with mental and physical abuse, and I was raised to strictly focus on my education and success of my career. Um, I did find it very hard to make friends, and um, I did have learning disabi- I had learning difficulties, which I wasn't actually told until the age of 14 by a family member. Uh, throughout that time, I did feel very lonely and very, very lost. Uh, but my nana and granddad, my dad's parents, they gave me a release. They were very friendly, devout Christians, and I always enjoyed seeing them, so they gave me good comfort there. Um, It gets a little cheesy. In college, I did have a big crush on a girl who didn't like me back, and that actually made me feel even more unloved. Um, Soon after that, I I hit the hardest and lowest point in my life when I experienced the loss of a family member for the first time. My dad told me that my nan had passed away. I ended up having the funeral on my 17th birthday, and I was just so overwhelmed by everything that I just isolated myself, just very, very, very silent. Um, I didn't know what to say or think. It was just so much. But shortly after that, I felt this strange calling from something or someone, which I couldn't identify at first. It just felt very strange. But suddenly, I had an urge to pick up a Bible, Uh, Luckily, there was one at home that I could pick up. So I started to look into what this whole thing about God and Jesus was about. Um, And I I got interested in the the subject of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and the miracles he performed. Um, So gaining an interest, I ended up joining the Christian Union at college, where I talked to people my age about the gospel, and I certainly learned more. And I actually started to feel like I really, really belonged in a crowd for the first time. And uh, knowing that my nana would have wanted this for me, um, I believed that I could honor my nana by devoting my life to Christ. Uh, Shortly after that, when I went to university, I settled in All Saints Preston. And being in the church, I felt an amazing sense of belonging, intimacy, connection, and friendship. And it was so deep. I'd never felt something that deep before. 
So 13 years later, being a Christian, my mind has changed. My mindset has changed on how I view life. I see humanity that desperately, that really, really needs a loving, caring, merciful God and how much God has to offer for us. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs that made me feel unworthy and impossible to be loved for who I am, but that all changed when God showed himself to me. When I felt no one could understand me, Jesus said, I understand you. When I felt like I couldn't be forgiven, Jesus said, I forgive you. And when I felt no one could love me for me, Jesus said, I love you. And I'm still figuring out a lot of things in life, but I'm confident that this time around, whatever it is, God will provide for me. And to quote Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor any, anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if my heart rests on that promise for as long as I live, I know that the Lord can help me walk in this life until the day I can be reunited with my Nana. So to the Lord I say thank you so much. Next up, Fariba. Next up is Fariba Smith. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Um, Hi, everyone. Um, Some of you know me, some of you, but for those who don't, my name's Fariba, but everyone calls me Fee. I'm 36 years old, married to an amazing man, (laughs) and have two gorgeous children. Um, My journey into faith has been a long one, and I grew up in a mixed household, my dad being from the Middle East, my mum being English, um, and I'm such a daddy's girl. (laughs) He's my absolute hero. Um... And uh, God was never at the forefront of, of our life sort of thing. It was, it was there. It made an appearance, but nothing, you know, stuck out. We were never coming to church or anything like that. Um, and it was okay. My dad always used to tell me things, you know, if you don't know who to believe in or what to believe in, you know, you either, you know, just have something to believe in, whether it's yourself or whether it's God, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Um, and that always stuck with me. <clears throat> um, a lot has happened in my life. Um, I'm not going to go into everything because you'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of things that made me question God. Um, if he's real, you know, why would he let this happen? Things like that. Um, One of them being when my niece died. Uh, She was just 12. Sorry. (coughs) And I remember the day I decided to give my life to Jesus. Um, We were having a really, really hard time, rubbish time at work, having a bit of an issue with my sister, you know, big things, you know, things were being said about me. Um, 
that was really soul-destroying, especially when you try and work so hard to care and look after, you know, your family, your friends, and then it kind of gets thrown back at you. It's a really tough time, and um, <laughs> I was on my lunch break, and I was sat in Starbucks, like you do, <laughs> and, um, and basically I was on the phone to my husband that... Um, <laughs> You know, just going over everything, really letting it out. It was just like, let's just, you know, talk about it. And I had um, a lovely lady sit next to me who used to actually come to Coastline. <laughs> and uh, I, without me realising that I, I didn't know they were at Coastline at the time, her and her husband were there. And uh, she snuck off, come back when I got off the phone and put a cake in front of me and said, you're really having a hard time. And I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And that meant everything. Um, And then I was speaking about this with my incredible in-laws, Rose and John. And um, they said, take it to church. Take it to church. Church, take everything. Don't be scared. Take everything to church. So I did. And I cried and cried, cried a little bit more. (laughs) And that's the day I decided to give my life to Jesus and was prayed for by Sarah and the guys. And now I'm part of the most incredible family I could ever wish for. It's Coastline and I have God to thank for everything that's in my life. So that's my story. Come on up, Zen. Thank you. Um, Good morning, everyone. So my name is Zen. And so my story begins with, um, um, as a child, I grew up in a Christian household and was exposed to Christianity as a religion rather than a personal relationship with God. And I believe that a lot of people can understand what I'm saying. And I was regularly taken to Sunday school by my parents' friends because my parents were very busy working and I didn't really enjoy it at all because um, weekends were meant for like fun and play. I couldn't understand why I had to go to church to read scriptures that I don't even understand. And despite my many attempts to reject their invitations, I believe a lot of people do, they remain persistent every week. And during that time, I, I couldn't understand but wonder why Christians just never give up, and always seems to be inviting others to church. (laughs) And as I grow up, like many others, I search for acceptance and validation in different things. I work hard to achieve better grades, to make my parents proud, and to seek validation from others. I participated in different sports, uh, some I enjoy, some just to prove that I was good at something. And I chased friendships and relationships over and over, sometimes even in places where I didn't belong and left me broken. And it was until all, uh, I started to tie all these things with my identity and I realized that uh, it will never be enough to feel that emptiness and that void inside of me. And a few years ago, I was lost and I turned to my sister who is a Christian 
and she guided me and she redirected me back to Christ. She encouraged me to seek God and to look for a local church community in the city where I was studying back at home. And when I first stepped into the church, just like when I first stepped into Coastline, I felt an immediate and strong sense of belonging. Uh, It was as if God had been waiting for me to come back like the whole time and welcoming me. And I slowly realized and experienced that the missing piece of my life could not be found in all those things that I've chased through all those years, but in Christ and Christ alone. And to me, being a Christian now means I have to be, even though I have to be different than somebody and and building a personal relationship with God consistently. Even though life is not always easy, as a Christian, we all know, and I fail all the time, knowing that God will always be by my side and being obedient to Him has filled my life with blessings. And people used to tell me that I was lucky, and I admit that I'm quite lucky in a lot of ways, but now I understand that it was always God's blessings and rather than luck. As I reflect on my childhood, I realize now why they were so persistent in bringing me to church and introducing me to Christ. They planted a seed in me that has only just started to sprout, and when things get hard, I will always remember that Jesus has overcome the world, and we are so blessed to have him. And this is my testimony, and I'm, thank you. All right. And now we have Dan Smith. Thank you. Um, well, my name's Dan. And um, while I grew up in, the, uh, in a strong Christian family, uh, I struggled a lot with my faith for a long time. Um, I spent a lot of my 20s and early 30s not really caring about it, and things um, that happened in my life made me heavily question uh, God and push me further away. Um, but there was one huge constant in my life and um, that always pulled me back, and they were my, my amazing parents. Um, I've always looked up to them uh, and admired their unwavering and trusting beliefs. Um, really shown by incredible leaps of faith they've taken over the years, um, most notably um, taking us around the world twice, um, places like Canada, America, and, and Zambia, just an incredible experiences that they just took that faith and, and, and God told them to do it, and they, they did it. So... <laughs> um, I haven't really got much more of a story than that. I mean, um, obviously, in the lead up to my decision to get baptized here today, uh, I was I prayed a lot about it, um, and there was just this huge voice in my head, just drowning everything out, just shouting, "Yes, do it!" Um, and then there were two two things that I kept hearing. Um, 
one of them is a parable that Jesus said, um, uh, and I'll read it. It was from Luke 15. It says, uh, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he puts it upon his shoulders and, and takes it home. Uh, then he calls to his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. And I tell you, in the same, same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't. And the other thing that I kept hearing was, um, God makes it easy for us to come to him. And it's actually us that makes it difficult. So all of that really pushed me in the direction I've gone in today. And really, that's all I had to say. So the last story we're going to hear today is a bit on the sensitive side. And so we've I needed to change this person's name for security reasons. And if you're online, um, it's actually going to be blurred out. So you'll still get to hear it, but you won't get to see the person's face. And we'll do that for both the story and the baptism. Um, but on that note, assuming we're good, great. Um, Jonathan, if you want to come on up, let's give him a round of applause. Well, hello everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I came in this country seven, six years ago, and I grew up with a Muslim community around me, and I've been told that Christianity is not the right thing, and you will not choose the right religion, and you're going to hell. Well, I couldn't speak English very well at the first, I came, uh, at the first, then I joined one of the international student groups that just she was there teaching English. Then I asked her if she going to church. Uh, because when I came in this country at first, I always impressed by the church. I always want to go in and I always want to check out because I never been before. Then I start contacting her and she invite me for her house, and then, yeah, she told me more about it, and I met Thomas as well, her husband. She helped me a lot as well. He helped me a lot. Then uh, I went to church once with them, and then I started going again, and again, I enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot, really. And it was, I met Ben as well. He was a big help as well. And I met John as well. They support me, all of them. I, and then, uh, sorry, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I, uh, I decided to join the discipleship. There was Phil and Lance was there. I learned a lot from them as well. Well, I, and then I had loads of questions, and I got loads of answers as well. So, and then I uh, joined that 
what's called I forgot the alpha group as well I learned a lot as well there and then yeah and I believe Jesus he died for us and I believe him a lot and I decide to get baptism as well so and he's the Lord and he's the Savior so yeah so I, before I told that Christianity is not the right right religion or not the people uh, you can't trust really that's what I've been told I didn't know I was growing up with Muslim community like really strong Muslim community but when I met Joe, met Thomas, Ben, John, and everyone from here, really nice people, I was like, yeah, why have been told like that before? They are really nice people. Everyone is really friendly here. When I come here, I just chill, really. I relax, you know? <laughs> I don't feel lonely. I like the music. I like everyone here, really. Everyone is nice. Everyone is a big support. At the first... To be honest, I've been to loads of churches. I've been to a couple of churches as well, but I didn't find the peace. But I didn't like here, really. So I decided to stay here. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yes.